Hey, welcome to a new episode of New Songs Podcast. Today, I'm your host, Josh Brown. In the studio, we have an amazing person that I've been trying to get on this show for a very long time, and he's finally here. He has come off tour, and he is here, and he doesn't have to work today, so he is here. Uh, I am talking uh, no other than uh, Tim Payton. Tim Payton and I have been friends for probably over 15 years. We've known each other for a long time, one of the very first uh, Terrapin shows was ever done was probably me and Tim Payton and uh, he's going to talk about that and a bunch of other things and what he's doing in life and without further ado Tim Payton what's up buddy hi Josh what a sweet introduction oh thank you buddy I try man I, I uh I'm so glad to be here I'm doing really well and it is truly an honor to be here I uh, really enjoy what you've been doing with this show I think it's really important and I just appreciate you asking me. I'm sorry it has taken so long, but here I am. Oh, and, uh, I, it was. I'm just yeah, happy, happy to be here, man. <laughs> so, um, so what is it? What What are you working on now, musically? What are you doing? So right now, I am. Uh, it's been a really long time coming, but my sole focus has been uh, getting out this. I have a project called Secular Pets. I call it a project. Uh, rather than a band, I mean it is a band too. You know how it goes. It's but, a band. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a band. It's a band. Uh, but yeah, I it's a project in the sense of lots of people have uh, helped me along the way with it. Uh, many many members, uh, many pets <laughs> within within the secular. Uh, pets how many uh, ways can you break it down geez <laughs> <laughs> well i guess it just started the 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 project started you know and you know how it goes you know playing in four or five bands and you know around maybe like 2000 i don't know eight or nine i don't know how many bands i was playing in at that point maybe two or three i but, think three yeah yeah but i you know and you're just like all right this is a lot of fun but also um i guess it kind of started as a sonic journal in the sense of like you know i'd get home um at night after work or maybe in the morning drinking coffee and rather than like writing in a journal i'd call it like sound scribbling and you just you know hit record on whatever you got around i think at that time i would just like record on like my laptop i would just push record and you know it goes just mess around and see what scribble with your instrument and see what comes out and then listen back to it later and be like all right that was fun maybe i could expand upon that or maybe i could use that and so that's how the idea started and then it just slowly um, turned into an actual like project or, you know, uh, in the sense of like being able to play out and have other people involved with it. And then, yeah, I guess that was like 2000. I'm going to say eight or nine was the first time I started calling it uh, like, you know, if I ever put any of this stuff out and I ever actually want to record it um, properly, I'm going to call it Secular Pets. And then that idea was... Um, yeah, it was in me for a while, and then finally, uh, finally came out. Well, years later, you know. Um, so I'll segue into this. When was uh, the first time that you played guitar, or what got you into it? I asked all my guests that come mm -hmm. on here, what did it for you as sure. far as like the music that you said, "Hey, I I, I want to try that." Right. So yeah, I grew up listening to music a lot. My mother uh, is an amazing vocalist. And she's really been involved with musical theater all my life. And, you know, she grew up singing in church and I would hear her sing in church. And so I've just always, 
always been uh, within the music, and the music has been within me, right? Um, but I, <laughs> that's a musical, so, right there, yeah. Right, right. But no, that's a great question, though, about yeah. uh, like what was the moment that made you, you know, because especially being a little kid and yeah gosh i remember hearing like honestly maybe and this is the first time I maybe like pinpointed this i would say early like like the, the seed was planted maybe when i was like four or five years old with like early like uh 90s hit pop country so i don't know if it's pop country but country songs like chattahoochee i remember oh, just man. hearing the guitar oh, lick dude. in that and being like that is amazing. Like, how do you do that? You know, and being like a little kid or like hearing, uh, gosh, what was the Billy Ray Cyrus hit? His first achy, breaky, achy, breaky heart. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just like, so hearing those, like just getting excited about guitar (laughs) in those, uh, in those songs. And then, you know, that was the first time being a little kid, like just being like, dang, that would be cool to do one day. But I never actually like took it seriously in the sense that like, Hey, maybe I could, try to actually learn to play guitar um maybe around when i was like 13 years old and i heard probably um as far as like the secular pet stuff i would say like nick drake i heard Uh. nick drake when i was maybe 13 or 14 and that really was like that spoke to me in a way and inspired me to be like oh my gosh i I've never, um, yeah, it, like it just like touched my soul. You know how it goes. Like, you, I it, think it, it and got me, and I yeah. really. Um, so within, like, I would say within a few months of hearing Nick Nick Drake, I started like actually, you know, I found some old beater guitar for twenty dollars somewhere, old blue, I think it was. I called it. You probably <laughs> cool. remember that guitar. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, and I and I just you know just learned a few chords you know on my own and just kind of took it took it from there but i would say yeah probably hearing like nick drake and then of course like on the more you know hearing things like i don't know built to spill oh yeah um, modest mouse maybe in the on the louder side of things so right around that same time those two very different guitar styles are kind of like what made me want to just try to make sounds with a guitar well what's so uh i touched on in the intro about um the first show at Terrapin, mm-hmm. uh, Terrapin Station, which we'll talk about as uh, uh, quite a bit in length in sure. this interview. But um, would you say that's your your debut? That was your first time you ever played in front of somebody. I would say so. Yes, I think so. Aside from like at you know an open mic or like a talent show or something. Right. Yeah, that was. Um, and I will say so. That was the first like Terrapin show that I was involved in. And there's kind of this gray area, this transition between like. I guess calling them, I mean, so technically they're all in stores, right? An in-store performance. I know a lot of like record stores they'll have like on Saturdays, you know, in the afternoon, they'll be like, Hey, a Saturday afternoon in-store performance. Um, and so that, and that's what, uh, you know, so like that was actually one of my first experiences at Terrapin station when I was maybe like 10, 11, 12 years old was like going up there. One of the first times I just like rode my bike up there on a Saturday and Valerie, um, who was the founder of Terrapin Station, she would have these in-store performances on Saturdays, be like, hey, a lot of them were acoustic-based, you know, people didn't have to bring a PA. They'd be like, hey, yeah, if you want to come in on a Saturday afternoon and play for two, three hours, um, if you want to bring your own PA. Um, and the first, like, in-store, the first show, really, I saw at Terrapin was uh, Cookie, whatever b- band he would have been at that time, Cookie, uh, Gregory uh, Lunar Vacation. Lunar Vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, that was, and that was mind-blowing you know seeing that um there and but i was like 12 or 13 years old and then maybe i so i would have been maybe like three or four years later um 
that would have been on, on a Saturday afternoon, you and I playing. That was the first Terrapin in-store or show that I was uh, involved with. And that was, uh, and I was work. I think I was working there at that point. I can't remember. It's hard to remember. I, I maybe I just started working there. I was going to say. I think yeah. you. I think you just started. I think so. And I remember. And and it was this. It was funny. I remember this conversation that we had with you. You and I. It was mm-hmm. about how you said, "Hey, they're going to let me do shows here." Yep. And I was like, "What?" In the record store, and you're like, "Yeah." Yep. But it's like it's not a big thing, and I kind of have to ask them to do it. It's sure. Not, not yeah. everybody can just come play. And I've I've had endless conversations with other artists that have played there. They and I've told you this before how seriously it's an honor to play there. Oh, like it's just one of those things if you say if like we and I know this is going to sound silly <laughs> but if Tim Payton asked you to play, you oh. drop everything and you play. Well, that that is very sweet of you to say, and that means a whole lot. But really, the 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 feeling of like, so I was just trying to pass along. Like it was an honor um, to have you know, like to for Valerie to trust me with that and just be like, hey, yeah, you know, like give me, um, you know, within reason, give me free reign, you know, to to host live music there and kind of let me with them with other people help the community, you know, build something um, which she'd already planted, you know she had already planted very strong seeds and just kind of to, to let myself along with, you know, you and, and the rest of the community like uh, get to do that. It was just an honor for me to be able to do that. So it's also passing the honor <laughs> towards along. It's just mutual honor everywhere. So it's, it's an honor to have, to, to have people come and, and play, you know, it really is. So well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Terrapin station uh, is pivotal in the community. Uh, for you know finding music and everything like that but it's also a place where a lot of the bands that play there can't go play at a bar because mm-hmm. it's not you know the what what sure. they want to play but it gives them a voice it gives them a place to go to where they can play and they can be heard and and there's no judgment and mm-hmm. and it's crazy how every time I've played there or seen a show there everybody is super respectful right yeah I, I I'm yeah and that's that that's great to hear. I mean, that's the goal is for, I mean, it's the, I've had people tell me that, you know, it's essentially, it's the closest thing to a, I'm doing air quotes right now, but you know, it looks, it looks really cool. It looks great. Um, no, it's, uh, you know, the closest thing to a listening room per se in, in the area. And, um, I, and, and that's, and that's awesome to hear. And that's, you know, and you're right. There's, you know, every now and again, very rarely do I, you know, have to ask, you know, and, and I don't mind people also, I've never had anyone, you know, if, if it's a quieter performance and I hear a couple people like talking in there and, you know, I don't, you know, I just go over like, Hey, you know, if, if you don't mind stepping outside and just talking and I've never had anyone like, you know, freak out and be like, no, like, yeah. you know, they, they're, every, everyone's understanding. Everyone <clears throat> knows the goal of what, you know, we're here to respect the music and uh yeah so i it, it means a lot to hear that and i'm glad that um people can have a place just to come and like pay attention to you know because there's a place absolutely for you know uh for for bars are wonderful they're they are essential also but uh for for live music and we have some amazing you know bar venues in, in the region incredible um bar venues in the region but uh, also there's a place for what we do at terrapin as well that's also i think important really important too to um also have that you know i've heard some really interesting bands that i probably wouldn't have heard anywhere else at 
that terrapin and it's literally it runs the gambit of genres man it's all over the place and that's why i love the experience of playing oh, a man. terrapin and you know it's like um and i've seen some, a lot of your outfits and what, what are the bands that you've been in over the years let's see <clears throat> hmm. all right i'm gonna try to try, <laughs> yeah. try to try to do this correctly he's uh, actually got a pie chart <laughs> he just brought out go ahead um, no, and it, I feel so. I'm so grateful, and so uh, you know, I feel very fortunate to have been able to have the opportunity to play with so many wonderful people. Play with my friends. Heck, I mean, the first time I ever played out with anyone was with you. Period. You know, so technically, my first band was with you. Josh hey, Brown. that's right. Um, yeah, pro uh, pre pre secular. Actually, that that can be the first secular pets performance. Wow. Absolutely. Yep. We'll, yeah, we'll, the, we'll the call it sippy that. cup and all yes. the great oh, songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but as far as uh, actual, uh, I guess, bands go, uh, let's see, was in uh, Quailbones. Um, right, right. Let's see. Uh, it's a band called Joni and the Missiles. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, was in a band called Cocoonitude. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was a whole lot of fun. That was a good one. And uh, let's see. I Also, for a while, I was in a band called uh, Grey Ones for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I know. I wish I would have written a list. I know I'm forgetting. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting some. But, uh, yeah, if I once I... Think of think of more. I will uh, we'll come back to those. But those are the ones I put a lot of uh, put a lot of energy into, um, and and yeah, and within that, you know, Secular Pets was always the quieter project. You know, just sort of like a it was it was the at home bed <clears throat> bedroom project while I was playing with those using the other side of my brain while I made a bunch of loud dumb, you know, for the most part punk rock stuff you know rock and roll well, the joni sound. the joni stuff was awesome yeah was and that's so actually still so we consider that that's a band from myself and uh gregory scott cook uh and matthew david rowan uh and we just people i've they're my brothers we've grown up together um and uh yeah that actually that band still lives she usually we call her so when we refer to Sometimes it's Joni and the Missiles. It was Matt Rowan that named it. I don't know exactly. I think uh, he was listening to like Joni Mitchell a lot at the time, and he was just like, you know, hmm, let's have a band called Joni and the Missiles. And then if you say it really fast, it kind of sounds like Joni Mitchell. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just remembered that, actually. But sometimes we call it Joni and the Missiles. Sometimes <clears throat> sometimes just Joni. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we still get together. We actually just played a show uh, a week or two ago uh, for Halloween, we usually get we wake Joni up around Halloween. She sleeps, oh. and but all three of us are just so uh, busy that uh, we don't have a lot of time to get together and play, which we should. We should make more time uh, for that. Uh, but yeah, so around Halloween, we wake Joni up and we get a practice or two in, and we usually will play a, a, Hall- a fun Halloween show with for Joni and the Missiles. Well, the the you're, and you're talking about Screamorama, correct? Yeah, Screamorama. Screamorama. Yeah. And uh, I talked about this with Addy. Uh-huh. Uh, if you go back and listen to that episode, um, we talked about how great that series of stuff was, especially oh all the El Mariachi Loco. Oh my goodness. Screamos. Yeah. Those, we, yeah. And so I got to definitely give credit. So Screamorama is the brainchild of our friend, John Knoll, who uh, has lived in the area for a long time. Uh, great, great friend of mine. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think Screamorama started, he, uh, the first couple were maybe at his house or some friends' houses. And then maybe by the third or fourth one, 
Uh, there was an amazing, which we definitely get in, need to get into the lore of El Mariachi Loco, oh. a super important place yeah. uh, for for the area for for live music and for and for amazing food and for just great vibes in general. Sure. But yeah, um, yeah. So Screamorama uh, it was the you know the the annual Halloween show uh, that John Knoll would put together. Sometimes one day, sometimes it'd be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, he around the third or the fourth one, I've collaborated in some way with him trying to help organize that. And we just had uh, the 15th annual uh, Screamorama at, uh, at, at Terrapin. I, th- I think around 2000, I'm going to say maybe 11 or 12, we started doing it at Terrapin or at least hosting one of the dates at Terrapin um, for Screamorama that sometimes he would do. You know, my favorite, Some of my favorite Screamoramas have been like he'll do one night in Paducah, one night in Murray, and then... Um, like on a Sunday night, somebody's house or something, kind of an open mic situation. Um, but yeah, anyway, Screamer, I could go on and on about Screamer. Oh, I know those, yeah. but those are great shows. And, oh, yeah, and in particular, the, uh, the El Mariachi Loco shows. Oh my gosh. Yes. They were just, oof, man. Yeah. And it was, and, and really just how, you know, wonderful it was of, of the wonderful people that, uh, ran El Mariachi Loco, just giving like total free reign to anyone that not well not just anyone but you know you had to you know uh, get to know the 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 owner uh, a bit and uh but yeah and it also it was just really special too because there was uh, at times a bit of a language barrier there with a lot of the employees yeah for um, sure. and the people coming to like play music and um you know you just kind of there's a lot of nodding sometimes like when you're talking they'd be like you just kind of have to agree and uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's just there's people eating their dinner, uh, eating their wonderful, their burritos and, and, uh, things like that while there's people doing, uh, yeah, just all, all sorts of genres in, in that place, uh, playing music, which and, was really wonderful. And someone, you know, you talk about eating burritos and, and looking at the spectacle that is uh-huh. the screen aroma. And then you have a gentleman in a, in a, a cod piece, <laughs> yeah. uh, playing drums. Now, can we talk about him? Yes. <laughs> yes. Go for it. Okay. So, uh, the the man in question is Addison Milford. Oh, Addison Milford. Addison. Absolutely. Uh, we talked off off Mike, uh, Tim, and I about how he is pretty much the Terrapin Station drummer. He is. We keep him in the ceiling in the back, and we push a button, and he comes down, and he. Uh, he's just always there in the back of his drummer now. Um, it, it feels like that though. He's he, and he has candy and yeah. he has, and he has <laughs> a plate of candy. Yeah. Uh, that you uh, you know, it's a year round trick or treat with with Addy. Um, no, but he's uh, incredible. Yeah, he's. I can't tell you how many times with how many different bands uh, he has drummed. And it's true. Like I, I really couldn't tell you. I. It's impossible to count. But yeah, and. Uh, yeah, amazing, and amazing how do you know person. Addie? Uh, so I met Addie around, I'm going to say 2010 or 11. Um, the band I was playing at the time, Quellbones, we did a show in Paducah. And um, I met Addie there that night. It was a house show. And uh, uh, he, I, I can't remember if one of his bands played that night, but. Um, think they did it's it's so it's so hard to keep up but yeah i that was hearing addy play you know uh i'd heard i had heard legend of addy before we were actually became friends and then so i think legend we were were at we were at a house party and we started talking and uh yeah and we just became very fast friends 
quickly. He's just a he's a nice guy. He's an approachable guy. Yes, and uh, he was uh, he's from Paducah, right? He lived in Paducah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, I think he moved to Murray. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna say like 2012, 13, sometime around that. Maybe even sooner. It's it's hard to remember at this point. But yeah, just incredible musician. Uh, one of the best drummers you could ever <laughs> ever hope to. Uh, hear or see and then let alone you know just like to play with them it's just uh truly an honor so we love you addy that's good we do love you addy the other thing is too man uh i i i know i, I said it earlier about if tim payton i mean as silly as that sounds with tim payton you know, uh but if tim payton asks you to play terrapin seriously really do it don't even question it because it's not a thing where you like get to play there all the time so it's sure yeah yeah and i try i I try my best to, you know, we, I do have a lot of people that, which, which is an amazing thing. It's yeah. it's incredible to me how many people, uh, it's an honor for me to have, you know, so many people in the region um, that, that want to play there. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, try my best to uh, get everybody in when I can. And then also um, trying to match those, you know, we've had so many amazing uh, touring artists exactly. from uh the country and then you know at this point all over the world too that have come through and getting to match you know uh for whatever sometimes you know it, it's just it's just kind of a feeling you know like uh matching a local or regional band with the touring band um it doesn't necessarily have to be sometimes just sonically like oh yeah this i i hear um this is gonna sound great with this band coming through but sometimes it's a feeling of just like i think the overall vibe and the energy doesn't have to necessarily be the same genre or the same like sonic landscape of what you know the acts are are doing and sometimes sometimes having like you know totally opposite sounding uh you know bands or performers on a bill can really make it you know just like it can be really really cool you know, that's that's what I enjoy. A lot harder to, to get bored that way. We'll put it that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because you know, like the last the last show that that we played there uh-huh. with Alamos Black, and Which, it's just like I, I don't want to interrupt. I, oh, I just yeah. want to say, I, and I put I put a post about this on social media. And sorry, I might get emotional saying, but like I've heard you play so many times, and that last show you did at Terrapin, like dude, that was as good. And I I, feel, I guess I feel emotional just like because it's just it's so so much like rich history and community and friendship with you and like that was truly the best i've ever heard you play man like oh, it was thanks, so dude. awesome thanks. anyway thank I, you i just started to interrupt you but i i really want to yeah. give, you, give you props there because that was an thanks. amazing uh an amazing performance it really was i feel that i have put try to put in the legwork to play the oh, like i do it sounds uh, like it it sounds like your heart and soul right on display there, man. And I've got, uh, you know, and I've got Sean Brown with me, which I I love him so much because he's absolutely phenomenal. What a wizard. I love you, Sean Brown. He's a wizard. Um, But, but yeah, I I just love the pairings that you do of these bands. Like when you look at the bill, you're like, well, that band's, that's a heavy metal band. That, (laughs) This is like a rap rock or something, you know, it's yeah, like sure. these weird things. But I'm like, dude, this is like the Lollapalooza Terrapin station. Like just right. I mean, I, I think love it. I yeah. And it's a lot of fun to put that together. And I think that, you know, the most important thing is that it is uh, interesting, you know, just to keep it keep it interesting one way or another. And, you know, there are multiple ways to make to, to get to that interesting point, <laughs> you know, the goal, the interesting end goal. So have, uh, have so have you been s- still writing? I mean, you're still writing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I often will, and the way I I guess technically 
write. It doesn't really feel like writing, but I, I just try to, um, for a while I tried every day, just kind of sit and play guitar or, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm working on something lyrically, I try to pull a lot of like, I'm trying to always pay attention to my surroundings or like conversations I'm having with people or like, even like, you know, if you're watching something on TV, just hearing, being inspired by, you know, somebody could say something to you, uh, a, a good friend, you know, you're talking or heck, you could be talking to your, your mother or something. And, you know, she says something that sticks with you. And then just like one little line of just like, huh. And that just kind of like spider webs and can inspire like, you know, but I, I need to get better about actually writing it down because there's so many, probably only like 5% <laughs> of the things that I want to, you know, actually uh, expand upon when I have an idea that just get lost in the lost in the struggle. But, well, but yeah, yeah. I, I am trying. To, <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Yes, I, I understand. So I am. But I am trying to um, I have been, uh, you know, um, working on. Yeah, I probably have. I could probably record another album and a half right now if I, you know, want to do it in the proper way. I have to go to a studio, things like that. Um, that yeah, probably have like an album and a half's worth of things to, to get to. And hopefully at some point I will be able to do that. Well, we would all love to hear that because the stuff you write is really, really great. Thank it's you, poignant. Thank um, you. The other thing is, too, uh, you'll appreciate this. Back when uh, I used to work for Boar's Head, uh-huh. uh, Delhi, Delhi Provision. Um, Boar's Head? Yeah. What I used to do uh, is I used to have my phone and I'd be driving down the road and I'd be yelling lyrics into voice memo yes. on the phone. And when I would go by people, they were like, crazy <laughs> like, like pointing at me swerving off the road yep. and i'm like ah, i gotta get it down yeah oh yeah and that's yeah and definitely once i realized that i could do things like that with you know a, a, a smartphone i try to utilize that i i too do similar things you and, scream lyrics into a phone i oh, want to believe that you do totally oh absolutely okay. yeah sometimes you know i mean if, if the feeling is right you know you got to capture it at, in the moment and if that means screaming then scream yeah i know it's all in caps when you look at it later and yep. you're like oh that was a serious <laughs> thing yeah so what's uh, what what's the next the next chapter what what are we doing now hmm. for me in general for musically or well, just everything yeah what's going on well uh you know um so i you know i've worked as far as like with with terrapin station um which is super you know super important to me i've worked there at this point uh, 21 to 22 years. Um, about a year and a half ago, I uh, became a co-owner up there, and so I am now a co-owner with uh, Cassidy, who was Valerie's, uh, who who is Valerie's daughter. Valerie was the founder right. of Terrapin yeah. uh, back in 1985, um, and uh, so I've grown up with Cassidy, and uh, as well, I've known her for a long time, and uh, it was really an, a true honor uh, when she asked me to be a co-owner with her. Um, uh, once she took it over from her from her mother and uh and it's been you know it it's that that also happened like during covid right and so as we all know during uh, uh we're not we're not you know i guess we're i guess the term had been for a long time once we're out of the woods it's like no i think we're just we have to learn to navigate the woods we're gonna we're in the woods now with it and that's we're just figuring out how to you know how to go about life with it but right. um yeah and it but it was really tough um it was really tough during uh covid to navigate a small business and um Cassidy did a really really good job uh of that during during that time and and, and it was an honor to get to try to help in in whatever way I could and yeah so we're all uh, Terrapin has survived you know many 
for, for as long as it has just by I always tell people like just riding the wave and figuring out what needs to be done to keep it open, you know, and what people are interested in. And uh, it's definitely not, um, you know, we've had a lot of people over the years that have helped make Terrapin what it is. And definitely not, I, you know, I'm happy to have given so much time to it, but it's definitely not just me that that has done it. Everyone, everyone, uh, it, it is truly a community um, oriented uh, place and everyone that has ever worked there, you know, has done their part to keep it going. And, uh, and Cassidy has done a really good job as well as once she became uh, owner of the place of, of just a lot to, a lot to navigate. And she's done a really good job of, uh, you know, figuring, untangling, uh, trying to, you know, untangling the, trying to think how to word this, you know, the, how hard it was to just to get a small business like Terrapin through, through COVID. And, you know, and there's also a transition period. It can be tough when you're, you know, when you're, when ownership goes from one person to another, right. there's just a lot to, lot to navigate there. So, and she's done a really, a really good job. And I really appreciate Cassidy, uh, uh asking me to, to, you know, try to take this on with her and uh, try, you know, try my best. And it's an honor to get to, to get to do that. Well, you know, in, in closing, and then you're going to play some songs for us, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play. Right, yeah, good. I'll play a couple. Cool, man. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I do want to tell you, and this is from everybody in the community, you are the patron saint oh. of Murray. And we've always said that. Oh, we've buddy. always thought that. Wow. We love you. We continue to uh, love you and support you and everything that you do because uh, it's awesome. We we love Lou. We, we love her uh-huh. so much. Wow. That, and that. and we, yeah, we, we love you and continue to support you. And uh, we're just, you know, an, yeah, anxious and happy to see what you, the next move Thank is. You. That, so. that, that really... You know, you don't make me cry. Well, um, no, that really that that means the world to me to hear. Um, thank you truly from the bottom of my heart for saying that. And yeah. I, I hope you know uh, how much I think of you and all everything you've done for the, you know, for for decades. You know, you know, I mean, you were definitely, uh, you know, I, I probably would not. Gosh, you really inspired me when we first met oh, years, decades ago. Thanks, and uh, I, I'm um yeah. So I and I also, you know, just uh, before before we go, I do I do want to say I have a couple people I'd just like to like to thank yeah, just for absolutely. helping me a lot with the Secular Pots Project yeah. in general. So huge thank you to my friend Shana or SG Goodman as she uh, uh, as she goes by. Um, but yeah, she so this album that is coming out, um, she uh, the reason that one of one of the reasons that it exists was she offered to maybe around 2016 or 17 she reached out to me and asked if uh she said hey I'd, I'd like to take your secular pets project into the studio but honor the integrity of having it being home recording me you know uh so that I, I appreciate her and she produced it um produced oh. the album oh wow and we were rec- yeah oh, and cool. so we um and she does a couple she does some um this was maybe like 2018 i think we started recording it and we took our time um, and she's extremely an extremely busy person, so I'm grateful for her to make time to to get to do this. Um, but yeah, and also shout out to Loud and Clear Studios, Shelby Preckless, where we recorded. We love, we love you. Yes, we love you, buddy. Uh, thank you for <laughs> everything you do. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, also, so my friend Kate Haldrip uh, also engineered and kind of co-produced it as well. Um, she came in from Nashville. And uh, also Tim Johns, who has just been a huge inspiration to get the, you know, he has definitely helped in putting putting this record out. Um, 
too. That's been a long time coming. We started recording it. You know, some of the songs go back to 2010 or 11, maybe even earlier, 2008 or 9. And uh, it was cool to finally get to record those properly. But uh, hopefully early next year, um, the plan is to have it come out. Uh, SG has a, a, um, a label of her own called Slewater Records that she's put out some really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good stuff on there. And uh, she's so the plan is to have it uh, come out hopefully, you know, early, early next year. And, uh, yeah. So, and also thanks so much to uh, Steven or S Knox Montgomery, as he sometimes goes by musically and Matthew, uh, Matthew Rowan, my, my dear brother, uh, for helping me with that project as well. Everybody really, uh, put their heart into it. And so just definitely, I just want to get that in there before, yeah, no, before we, uh, yeah, this, I mean, this yeah. is, uh, you know, not only is this the podcast that, you know, that I, celebrate my my brethren in the, in the musical community and there's a lot of talented people around here yeah and it's just oh, also you know uh just awesome that you are able to make time to come wow. and i know how busy you are and what you do so um uh yeah so i'd like you guys to um can uh, or i'd like you to play okay. some songs sure okay well uh let me go grab my guitar. Uh-huh. 